Welcome to What in the World, a project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled A Personality Test for Your Team, and Abby will be interviewing Heidi Blundell. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as we hear about SDI and how it can be helpful for teams and all relationships. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of What in the World. I am Abby, and I'm hosting this episode, and I'm very excited to be here with Heidi Blundell, who also happens to be my mother. So this is fun. Um, it is fun. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about some stuff that a lot of people are kind of interested in. Um, a lot of people like the idea of personality tests. Um, and so Hunger for Life and Full Well Leadership have been using this thing that's kind of like a personality test. And so we get to hear a little bit about that today. So, um, if some of you don't know, uh, Full Well is the social enterprise that started out of Hungry for Life. They do um, leadership consulting and coaching for other nonprofits um, in the area, some locally, some over Canada. Um, and the cool connection between Full Well and Hungry for Life is that when clients, Full Well clients, hire leaders or coaches, um, the money that's raised goes to um, international leadership training with our Hungry for Life partners. So it's pretty exciting uh, how it all works together and it's all connected. But um, our lovely guest here is uh, involved in Fullwell in lots of different ways. So we brought her on to talk about some things that Fullwell is using. So, awesome. Happy to be here. Yeah. And so um, we're going to be talking about one of the tools that Fullwell uses in consulting. Um, so tell us a little bit about what this tool is. It's called SDI or Core Strengths, and it's your Strengths Deployment Inventory. And so we used it. We've used it with our staff at Hungry for Life and with lots of our clients. Yeah. So um, is so is it a personality test? Technically, yes. And while some people are really interested in that, we know that some people are kind of like, I'm done with personality assessments. Um, but we really like this one. It's based on relationship awareness theory. And it's about raising a team's relational intelligence to leverage the power of relationships, which just increases results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what can that look like in a, in a, in a, in a team? The process. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when we're working with a client, um, we'll do an assessment with their CEO or executive director or lead pastor if it's a church and there's a one-on-one -on -one with them with this, which is just their personal assessment and then very often very quickly they can see the value of this tool mm -hmm. and they want to do it with their whole team okay so then they'll set a date and some full well staff will come in and will send assessments to each individual that they fill out beforehand it's just a quick and easy online test and then we get together um for a debrief with the team together and it can be anywhere from half a day up to two days depending on what they're looking for and it's lots of fun mm -hmm. yeah so say there's a organization and they want to do some sdi training and they get their link and they fill out all the questions and they do their quiz they do their um their test and they get their results back what are they going to be looking at when they get this these results back yeah, so this tool uses a three-color system, and I know there's other tools that also use colors. So within SDI, there's the three colors are blue, green, and red. And blue um, talks about your value for people. 
And green talks about your value for process, wanting to establish order. And red talks about your value for performance, wanting to achieve results. One of the things that's unique about this test is it really talks about your motivations and what your values are, why it is that you do the things that you do. And so there's those three primary values, people, process, and performance. And then some people are a combination of blue and red or green and blue or all three together. And that's considered hub in the middle. Okay. So you kind of went over like what the colors represent. Um, maybe talk a little bit about what it can look like to be, you know, someone that's blue or someone that's blue green or someone that like what, what can, what can that look like in a personality, in a person? Some examples. So I'm blue <laughs> and I'm really blue. So my value is for people. So when I'm thinking about things, making decisions, having conversations, walking through the office, I'm always thinking about how is this going to impact people? And what is this person thinking about this? Is somebody being left out? Who else do we need to, you know, have at the table? So that's me. Someone who is more green oriented, which is more about process, they want to make sure that we're following the proper processes, that when we're doing new things or launching something new that there's the proper processes in place so that we're doing it properly and that will be done the same every time and that things don't fall through the cracks and we really need those people in every organization they're really important and for someone who's red um i may be married to a red they're most concerned with performance and results and how are we going to achieve our goals and how can we grow and focusing on that so and then people can be, like I said, combinations of those as well. Um, the people who are hub in the middle, they're really motivated by flexibility and adapting to others or situations. Um, they have a strong desire to collaborate, get lots of other opinions, remain open. They want to make sure that all of these things, the people, the processes, and the performance, the results are all incorporated um, into decisions or moving forward mm-hmm. on a project. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my results, I'm hub. And so what that can look like in like a a group or a meeting is that when uh, we're having a conversation or discussing something, I I can kind of assess what needs are already covered. Like if red, you know, results and if green process is kind of those bases are covered, then I'll gravitate to be a bit more blue and make sure that the interests are covered. All the bases are covered. Kind of just like shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And we have a few hubs, which is actually really useful. And so if there's something, a particular voice or a motive missing from a meeting, they can mm-hmm. they can fill that void. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's going to take a lot more for me, who's blue, and I'm closer to red than green. Like my process is so low. Like out of 100, I'm like five. One of the lo- We've done this with hundreds of people, and I'm one of the lowest green we've ever seen. So <laughs> it's going to take a lot for me to care about process but really interesting when we did this as a staff first some people nobody was surprised I was blue but (laughs) some people were surprised that I wasn't blue green because for years I was involved with our annual fundraiser and there's a lot of checklists and processes that we go through and some people that have worked with me on that said I can't like you you were so green you showed green strengths Mm -hmm. in all those years and I said yeah, but the only reason I could stick to processes because I knew it impacted people. Mm. If I didn't stick to this process, it was going to be really difficult for the finance people at the end. Or if I didn't stick to this process, people were going to get an item that wasn't what they thought if mm. I didn't, you know, get the best, take the best picture. Or yeah. Know. So it still, for me, always comes back to people. Yeah. And that can motivate me to use processes. But processes on their own, mm-hmm. they're not motivating for me at all. 
Yeah, and that's an interesting point as well, is that the things that people see in you are not always what your actual, you know, motivational strengths are. Totally. Some people's line up really well. Like most of my top strengths are caring, helpful. Um, sociable is actually a hub strength. Um, but most of my strengths are also blue and my motivational value system is blue. But not everybody has that. Some people are really motivated by people, but they have really red strengths or really green strengths. And when we have a discrepancy in what motivates us and how people see us, people can feel really misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Because when an observer sees you exhibiting a really green strength, they can think all you care about is the process mm -hmm. and you don't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really valuable doing this work in teams and having everybody see um, the results of what each other on the team is motivated by. Mm -hmm. And it gives a common language, which is really valuable when mm -hmm. working together. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about strengths that are green or strengths that are blue. Talk a little bit about that and what, what that part of the results of the test looks like. Right. So one piece of the results is your motivational value system. We call that your MVS. And we talk about that under two conditions. One, when things are going well and when things are in conflict. And then that's another great part of this. And then the next part is your strengths. And so you, as a person taking this assessment, you have a strengths profile. It's shaped like a diamond and you answer a bunch of questions and your top strengths get put in the top and then your bottom strengths get put in the bottom. And we all have the ability to use a lot of different strengths, but there's some that come way more naturally to each of us. Like one of your top strengths is one of my lowest, which is methodical. <laughs> and for me to be methodical, it's painful. And I feel like I'm jabbing myself in the eye. Um, <laughs> but for me to be caring and helpful and sociable, that's that's just who I am. It's easy. I don't have to try. Yeah. So all of us have different strengths that just come naturally to us. And it comes out of often our childhood and things that were affirmed in us and how we feel we make our best contribution. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we can use different strengths at work than we do at home mm -hmm. or if we're involved you know, volunteering in a ministry or in a church, we can use different strengths, but our, our motivations rarely change across the board. Um, but we all have different strengths that we can access. And so when we see that with a team, we can do um, a team strength portrait. So it takes the average of everybody on this, okay. this specific team. So you can do a strengths portrait for your communications department or your finance department. And then you can see as a team, we're really good at these things, but maybe we're not so great at these things and we have a actually a great example we were in ontario last year doing some sdi debriefs with a fairly large um international ngo and we were just working with their leadership team and we had their strengths their team strengths portrait up and we'd had a conversation about a new project that they were going to be taking on that they were going to be starting and they recognized in order to be successful with this we really need to be methodical and analytical mm -hmm. and then they looked at their team strength portrait and they're like as a team, that's actually pretty low. Mm. As a team, we're not great at being methodical and analytical. But there happened to be two people on that team that had those strengths much higher up. And so as a team, they decided when we're talking about this project and taking steps forward, we're going to intentionally seek out and listen to the voices of these people because we need those strengths, even though those were not typically the loudest voices in the room. Mm. And they weren't typically the people that people would look to because analytical and methodical strengths can tend to feel like you're being held back. They kind of slow things down, mm -hmm. especially for a red person. That can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. 
But to acknowledge as a group, before we go into this, we need those strengths. Mm. And so we're going to seek these people out. And it was really empowering for those people and just yeah. great awareness for the whole team mm -hmm. that they all recognized it was it was a need and they were going to, they had something to do about it now. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's so uh, useful to be able to know, like be able to look at on paper and see what skills you have in the room and mm -hmm. then delegate tasks because leadership is a lot of you know delegating tasks and understanding your team and putting people to jobs um and so when you can kind of see a bit of people's strengths and people's like um the tendencies that they have the things that they gravitate gravitate towards naturally anyways yes then you can um ensure that people are actually doing, first of all, what they feel good doing and what they can yes. do well. Yes, because everybody has a part of their job where they have to do stuff they don't want to do and they're not good at, yeah. of course. But when people are doing that any more than 20% of the time, mm -hmm. they're going to be kind of miserable. And so recognizing where people's strengths are, where, what's their best offering? How can they make their maximum contribution to mm -hmm. your organization or your goal? Um, it's so empowering and it just gets better results for the team Yeah, because we all know when we're more excited and motivated about what we're doing, we're going to put our best effort forward and totally. we're going to be able to be more creative and be more productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if a team, they, they get the results, they're looking at it. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but what are some of the ways that a team can actually utilize this resource like once they have it? Yeah. So once we've done a debrief with a team, we talk to them about how do they want to take this forward and they brainstorm as a team about how they want to use it. And so often what comes up is they're going to refer to this information when they have meetings mm. together um, and they're going to say, okay, you know what, I'm being really blue here, but like, what about this group of single moms? Like, wh what are we going to do for them? And even just acknowledging it that I recognize I'm super blue and so what's driving me mm -hmm. is, is the care for people. And that's sort of acknowledging that I, I do realize that's not the only interest, but mm. for me, it's the most important. And so when you recognize that other team members have different motivations than you do, it helps to be more open to other people's perspectives. Yeah. Um, and then it can be used in staff reviews, um, saying, okay, like you can pull up the results when you're meeting with your mm -hmm. director and saying, okay, so these are my top strengths. They can say, how often do you feel you get to use those at work? And is there any tweaks we can make so that you can utilize more of your strengths? Is there any of your top strengths that you feel there's no place for here? And do you see a way that that could be used? Mm. Um, so, yeah. And then even the example that I gave about thinking about a project, they can do that once they've sort of learned that skill and that concept of doing that. You know, once we're gone in six months from now, now they're mm -hmm. going to be doing something else, um, taking the time to think through who is part of this team that's yeah. going to be implementing this? And what are the strengths there? And what are we going to need? Mm -hmm. What voices might we be missing? Some We have a, a tool. It's like a triangle. And the three different colors are in the different corners. And you can take any group of people in your organization and plot them all on the same triangle. So you can see, do we have sort of a, a good representation here of the three motivational systems? Or is everybody in one corner? And then the person who's the most read they need to, you know, we need to rely on them to make sure that, you know, we get the results going. Yeah, you're right. And it's crazy to think about how many people go through, you know, their working life and feel like they have all these skills and these strengths in them that they don't actually get to utilize mm -hmm. in their role. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to meet people where they're at and say, all right, you, you may, you may not feel like um, the things that you're good at, you're actually getting to put into practice in your job, but 
to see the maximum efficiency of you as an employee doing your best and um, the team as a whole um, achieving growth together. Exactly. Uh, it's actually in everyone's best interest that everybody is able to operate on some of their top strengths and see that happen for the team. Exactly. And not every job are you going to be able to use all of your top strengths, of course. Um, but a lot of ministries and at full well, all of our clients are charities mm, or societies okay. or, you know, not, not for profit. So there often is flexibility in roles. And the term that we often use here is um, changing your seat on the bus, <laughs> you know? Um, and I mean, that happens in, in businesses as well, not just in, in charities, but you can recognize this person is valuable as part of our team, but maybe this isn't the best role for them. And we've had um, people change seats on the bus here. Sometimes it happens just as you grow and develop and you get, you learn a new skill or, and you want to, you know, get promoted. That's mm -hmm. one way, but even, even lateral moves, there just might be a better place that's yeah. more suited. And this just creates a framework to have those conversations. And I think common language is really valuable for people. I mean, in, in marriages and friendships and families, having common language to talk about things is really valuable. Um, and also, if you want to have difficult conversations, that can be really valuable too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was another thing that I wanted to ask you about is like how um, how does this tool kind of give you some direction of what to watch out for when working with people that may feel like they're super different and they have different values and they have different strengths? Um, what can people be watching out for as they're using this tool um, while working in a project or just in a like a work environment? Yeah, I think when a staff team or whether it's just a leadership team or a staff team has done this and they've seen each other's results and they know and they can think this person is very different than me. And there's a great example. Um, a colleague here is blue-green and I am very blue and she wanted to bring a project idea to her boss who was red. And she's like, can you help me think through this? Because mm -hmm. I tend to talk and talk and talk and give the whole backstory and tell every story of the widow and, you know, the advantage that this widow is going to get from doing this project. And sometimes I just think that that's not the best way. And so we, you know, looked at what his MVS was, which was red. And then, so we thought through, okay, what is the best way to communicate with somebody that's a red? Mm -hmm. And there's lots of different things to think about, but you want to focus on the results because they're really concerned with performance and results. They, they want to be efficient. So you don't want to spend 15 minutes going through the whole backstory of okay, where yeah. you got here and all the things that led you to this point and all the people that you met along the way. That's not going to motivate them to say, yes, this is a great idea. They want to know how many people will be impacted. How is it going to help us reach our vision? And what kind of timelines, like some really practical stuff, how much is it going to cost and what are the results going to be? And focusing on that and having some answers when you go in there, um, can just be really helpful in communication. If you have that same idea and your boss or your director is very blue, and whether you are or not, then you can include a lot more of the, the backstories and, you know, the Aunt Sally and how this is going to change her <laughs> life. And um, the personal stories um, can be much more motivating. Mm -hmm. So just being aware of who it is that you're, that you're talking to, especially when people are different. When people have the same motivational value systems, it is a lot communication can come easier and we actually found this one group that we did the entire staff was sort of over in the blue and blue green and there was one person that was red and one person that was quite green and 
there were some really real honest conversations um, about those people saying, we do feel really different. And we feel like everybody can kind of gang up on us because we don't think the same way that everyone else does. And for the group to be able to look and think we need diversity in the voices. We, it's not helpful and valuable if all we're doing is talking with people who think the same way that we do and, and value the same things. And so for the team as a whole to recognize we need people who are really strong in processes and we need people who are really strong in results or we're not going to actually move towards our vision, which is what we all want because otherwise we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really valuable for each of those individuals and the team and it strengthened them moving forward, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that perspective shift of someone who maybe has a different set of strengths or motivations feeling like isolated mm-hmm. to then feeling empowered and valued because the recognition that they are so um, valuable as they represent um, some motivations that might be under-represented in the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so... Um, what are some ways that here at Hungry for Life you've noticed that um, this tool has actually been helpful in our our office and our teams? Yeah, I think doing this with our group was a significant step in the investment in our team culture. Learning about ourselves and each other has been really valuable. Um, realizing that people deal with conflict differently. That's actually another thing that this tool talks about a lot is conflict. Okay. And realizing that people deal with that differently mm. and there's yep, in each we do, of the, <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> yes we do and each of the three colors um also has their sort of preferred method of dealing with conflict and just because someone is blue normally does not mean that they're necessarily blue in conflict and so it's a it's mm. a different set of questions to okay. figure out how you deal with conflict and so again some people are very similar yeah. And some people are not. And the people that are not, the people who generally, when things are going well, behave in one way, and then when things are not going well, behave in another way, those people, it's easier to tell that they're in conflict because they change their behavior. Some people, their, beha- their behavior almost doesn't change at all because they're, they respond identically in conflict and not. And when we map this out as a staff and had this realization our executive director just was like this explains so much Mm. this one guy his motivational value system and his conflict sequence is almost identical and he was upset with me for two years and I never knew it Mm. because there was nothing that indicated to him that I needed that he needed to go and ask hey are you okay with this or, or what's going on and so having this realization that some people change very little during conflict can be really helpful because you can have more check-ins if you have a meeting and you think ah I wonder if that was difficult for them but they didn't say anything checking in with them after whereas if you know that people are going to speak their mind they're going to be much more direct you don't have to worry about it they will let you know (laughs) if they're in conflict and you don't need to worry about checking in with them so having that knowledge has been super valuable Um, and realizing that some people are quick to accommodate in conflict every time so they're like yeah yeah no problem it's fine (laughs) And then when you know that about people, making sure that if it's a situation where you're thinking they're probably not fine, asking the second or third question, mm. you know, um, are you sure that's okay? What what if it got to here? What, mm. you know, then what would be the implications for you? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a, a huge in, a return on investment and it's increasing greater teamwork mm. and increased creativity for yeah. sure. 
that's that's an interesting um like you know another part of the results is yeah what does somebody do when they're in conflict and what is kind of the first go-to um when there's like a disagreement or something like that and then you know how does that progress um you know what does someone go to and kind of the first thing that they go to when they're in conflict and then as the conflict progresses um and that's that can be very helpful yeah, and there's a, a great exercise that we do um, involving your strengths and which strengths trigger you into conflict. And mm. everybody has different things, different sort of, I'm not going to say, it's not bad behavior, but overdone strengths, yeah. right? All of us can show up on any given day not as our best selves. We all do it. But my overdone strengths, if it's similar to yours, won't be nearly as frustrating to you. Yeah, But for somebody sense. else, if their overdone strength is very different my overdone strength could be very triggering to them mm-hmm. for all sorts of different reasons. And so we, there's this game and we map it all out in hmm. charts around the room. And it is so useful to realize it's not that maybe this one person is super hard to get along with, but if their particular overdone strength happens to trigger six people on your staff, <laughs> they're all going to think that they're the most difficult person. Yeah. When that's not naturally the case, maybe those people's overdone strength just don't happen to trigger anybody. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're less annoying, you know. So <laughs> it can be, it's great for um, increasing grace for each other mm-hmm. and just, again, common language and in learning more about ourselves mm-hmm. and each other. Yeah. So what are the ways that this kind of tool is beneficial for Hungry for Life's overseas partners as well? Yeah, we haven't done a ton. Like we haven't had any of our international partners go through the assessment. There can be, you know, language barriers and whatever. Mm-hmm. But for our staff that do work directly with our international partners, the fact that they've done this test for themselves, they understand themselves better. And even the learning that happens within our staff group, you can take that learning and just the idea that people think about things differently, Mm. they process things differently. There's always things going on under the surface that we're not necessarily thinking about. That knowledge and way of operating is very useful in international context. Um, But we actually have another tool that we've used, um, which is called IDI, Intercultural Development Index. Wow, I'm not sure exactly what it is. But anyways, Mm. it's the IDI tool we've used. (laughs) And that is super valuable when we're talking about working cross-culturally and just our cultural awareness, Mm -hmm. our orientation to difference. Mm -hmm. And that could be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure sure it might be. yeah and uh as you said a lot of the benefit of this kind of thing is just the perspective shift Mm -hmm. so that when you're going into conversations with yeah people who may haven't who may uh like haven't done the test themselves but you just understand more about okay maybe this is where this person's coming from Mm -hmm. you know i was in a conversation with a friend the other day and just understanding the differences that myself and that friend have and um, the way that they were processing um, some sort of conflict. And I was like, oh, I wonder if you're coming at it from this way. Does that does that sound like authentic to what you're feeling? And they were like, yes. <laughs> so a lot of times it can just be helpful in all of our relationships. Yes. Um, even if, you know, you haven't actually done the, the, the test with someone or it's not something that someone that you work with, but, you know, partners and um family and friends and people that you serve in volunteer roles with or just people that you kind of have to work towards a common goal together mm-hmm. um, realizing that differences can play a big part in how that goes down yeah and just the I mean any learning that we can do about ourselves mm-hmm. self-awareness is huge and and other awareness like it just it's it's relationship intelligence mm-hmm. and 
increasing your relationship intelligence yeah. impacts every interaction you have for the better mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah so thank you so much for coming on and sharing about this it's super helpful to be able to understand a little bit of what Fowell does um because consulting is just kind of a word that like means so many different things to different people mm-hmm. um and so this is one of the tools yes um that Fowell gets to use and the ways that it's seeing fruit already um in our organization and in organizations kind of all over the place yeah um, so- yeah it's it's been pretty awesome one of our clients i think we've done eight different groups, different staff groups. They just started with their leadership, their core leadership, and then their next leadership team, and then all their managers, and then different, different. Okay. It's They just keep doing it because everybody who does it, they're like, we need this, and uh, this group needs it too, and this group needs it too. So they've, yeah, they found it really valuable. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And the the heart behind Fullwell is that all um, these other organizations that they're able to consult for are seeing their vision played out in the most effective way mm-hmm. so that everyone that's working for the kingdom and who's working for um, like justice causes or um, hu- just humanitarian causes are able to do those things to the best of their ability. And so this is one of the ways that that's able to happen and they're able to see progress and growth and team development. and Absolutely, which comes back to the vision of Hungry for Life. Yeah. Right, because we recognized years ago that we want to have a global impact and we're not going to do that by simply having more teams go out mm-hmm. and visit more projects. That's one way. But yeah. another way can be investing in a whole bunch of other organizations that are making their contribution mm-hmm. and helping them to do that more effectively. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff to see kind of the ripple effect of stuff mm-hmm. like this and how it spreads out and how um, people just being well equipped for their role impacts so many other people. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. Uh, And thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What in the World. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact in eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.